What's up? It's your pal Wenchikus Thotikus, and this is The Bar is Low. Every episode, we take a look at a collection of fanfictions, or a single fic, and these can be either good, bad, or in between, but mostly, they're bad. Today, we have a dual focus. We're going to be focusing on crack fic, which is my favorite type of fic. It comes from people who are self-aware, which is a trait that's very important to me, and we're also today going to be focusing on alternate endings to the Avatar series. We're gonna start off with some tamer stuff, and we're gonna get into M-rated material as usual. I'm gonna ease into the sexual content. Though the focus is on alternate endings, there are two that aren't about that. This episode was originally supposed to be just crack fic, but I know Notice that so many of these fics were based around the theme of alternate endings. I'm just going to leave the focus on that. So I'm really excited to share especially the last one with you. And I would love to narrate it, but it's just too long. Uh, I tried to record the review for that fic once already, but I just couldn't stop laughing. So I had to redo it. So we're going to go. We're going to start with some shorter ones here. More straightforward alternate endings. This is also going to be a more narration-based episode as opposed to being summary and analysis. A lot of these are short enough for me to read in their entirety, so I'm going to do that. I'm going to read the first one. This was it. There was no way around it. He had to find a way to end the Fire Lord without killing him. He knew that now. But some people didn't take it seriously. If it's in the name of keeping balance, I'm like... Pretty sure the universe will forgive you, Sokka offered lazily. Aang's eyes flashed. Ugh, this isn't a joke, Sokka. None of you understand the position I'm in. Then Katara softly spoke up. Aang, are you just saying you don't want to kill him? Because in all honesty, it's not like we've never killed anyone before. Aang's rage died in confusion as he took in her words. Huh? He blinked. Well, think back. North Pole, we sunk many elite Fire Nation battleships, leaving thousands to drown at sea. And there was that time we cut up those Fire Nation war balloons, or... Or that time we smashed the Earth King's guard between slabs of stone. That kills people, you know. Sokka interjected. And those guys weren't even evil. We just really like killing, Toph offered, wiggling her toes. Wiggling her toes. Okay. It's what we have been doing because it's what needs to be done, Zuko said firmly. And Katara asked, looking concerned, are you okay? He was frozen in place, eyes wide. There was no response. Uh-oh, Sokka murmured. Aang's eyebrow twitched. Aang woke up and rubbed his eyes against the light that streamed in through the open window to the right of his bed. Yawning loudly, he sat up. He smiled to himself. Suddenly, he froze. The smile disappeared. With no warning, his hand shot out. Blue lightning erupted from his fingertips. There was a bzzz and a squawk and a thud. The smile reappeared. Katara, Aang's voice became a song. I just caught us some bird meat, and we are gonna eat it for breakfast. I already cooked it. Na na na. La 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 la. Mmph came from the closet. Aang turned. His tongue was hanging out of his mouth from his song. Kawawa. Winder. He slammed an enormous rock. I almost read that as enormous cock, because that's just the type of content we usually get here, but enormous rock. Anyways. He slammed an enormous rock into the door with some earthbending action, and it buckled. Sure enough, 
Futaro was bound and gagged in the closet. Aang grabbed her by the ear and yanked her out. Dragging her along, he went into the Avatar state for no particular reason, and a burst of power exploded out of him, shattering half the house and setting part of it on fire. Futaro flew back into the flames and burned until the fetters burned away and she stumbled out of the fire. Mmm, she cried. Aang stopped glowing and continued walking through the house. He whistled a little. Doo-dee-doo-doo-doo. Katara, I'm gonna go down to the store and kill some people, Aang called behind him, and he preemptively charged up some lightning in his hands. Seeing Suki in her cage of wood that Aang had built for her last night, he shot her dead. <laughs> Jeez. Doo-dee-doo-doo-doo. Whistling serenely as he went, Aang turned and was about to head off for town when he saw another wooden cage and then another. His friends all looked adorable in little cages he had built for them yesterday, even if he had to take special measures to contain Toph and Zuko. With a stomp, he pounded the earth upwards, and each of the cages flew maybe sixty feet in the air and came down on the roof of the house or the sand, killing all the prisoners instantly. Then he flew on his glider over towards the burning portion of the house and picked up Katara from the sand. Doop de doop doo. Doop de doop dop doo wop, he said. She replied. Then Aang made a glass ball out of the sand around her. With earth bending, he quickly made an enormous club. Picking up both objects, he went into the Avatar state again and flew to the Fire Palace. Oze was standing on the platform, about to be crowned Phoenix King. What the? he said, seeing the shape in the sky. Aang took the club and beat the glass sphere with Katara in it straight downward onto Oze's head. With one simple doo-wop. Ozai's spine broke in four places and shrapnel of glass smashed into his body everywhere, which had also sunk an inch into the solid stone beneath his feet. He died. God, I wish that were me. <laughs> Probably Katara did too. Shaloop, Aang said, and flew away. The end. So yeah, there's a nice little bit of uh, Aang losing his mind, because that's how it be sometimes. Now, these next two, they are similar alternate endings, but they have another thing in common with each other. And I think that's some good content. So we're going to go. We're going to read another one. Phoenix King Ozai held the burned out skull of the Avatar in his hand, looking into the vacant sockets, and smiled. The Great King, capitalized for some reason, Great King, wondered idly why the boy had not used the Avatar state, why he had huddled in his little stone ball until he was incinerated by the comet-enhanced fire of the Phoenix King. Not that it would have made any difference, sending a mere boy against a warrior, a god such as himself, had been the height of folly. The fire fender, both words are capitalized and there's a space in between them, okay? spat into the skull's face and let it fall from his hand. Now, to finish the mission, even with only one airship left, he alone could still raise Bossing Say, thanks to Sozin's comet, and there was still plenty of time. The comet was still high in the sky. It was even better this way. By destroying the city by himself, his power would manifest to everyone in the Earth Kingdom. It would break the back of any rebellion and destroy the will of the people to resist. He toyed with the idea of leaving his army of occupation in the city and incinerating them with the civilian population. 
That level of ruthlessness would show the world who was in charge now. It was I heard the sound of an airship overhead. As he looked up to signal it, something hard and heavy, hard and heavy, struck him on the back, driving him to the ground. He threw the offending weight off of himself, and standing, looked to see what had hit him. Lying on the ground, not far away from the firebender, was, obviously, judging from the uniform and the ridiculous ponytail, a water tribe warrior. Quote unquote. The boy looked up at the king and smiling said, Sorry about that, but you were the softest thing around here I could land on. The phoenix king looked into the blue eyes of the peasant lying before him. He saw the dark skin of the boy's face, marking him as something less than even a Fire Nation peasant. I'd get up, the boy, still smiling, told the king, but I broke my leg and it's a little hard to stand at the moment. Ozai took a firebending stance. He would burn this thing, slowly he decided, and make it pay for its effrontery. Oh yeah, the boy said, scratching the back of his neck self-consciously. Not that firebending, that's not going to be working for you. The 15-year-old warrior shifted into a more comfortable position on the rocks. The great lord drew back his hand to send a stream of fire at the insignificant tribesmen, but his fist only emitted a small puff of smoke, and the older man heard a burbling sound coming coming from some place below his chin. A very smart old guy once told a friend of mine that firebending was all about breathing, the teen explained. Much like, you know, living, I guess, um, you know. Then he held up an odd-looking knife that seemed to be made out of some sort of jawbone. He continued, You see, when I landed on your nut just now, I cut your throat. That wet stuff running on your chest, you, that's, that's your blood. No throat, no breathing, no breathing, no firebending. I think also no breathing, you just straight up die. And I think he missed that important point there, but like, okay, I guess. You benders always forget about simple stuff like knives. He finished with a small flourish of the blade in his hand. Uzai, second son of Fire Lord Azulon, Fire Lord Phoenix King, the ruler of the greatest empire to know history, looked down at his own chest and saw blood flowing down as if from a waterfall. His legs gave way. He collapsed onto the ground. His face turned to the boy, lying casually in front of him. The blue eyes in the dark, smiling face were the last thing the king saw in his life. Sokka crawled painfully over to the skull of the Avatar. With his sleeve, he wiped the spittle off of it. With tears running down his cheeks, he told his friend, Ang, old buddy, I warned you, I tried to tell you. Sometimes, you just have to be badass. The end. That one was a little bit more serious in nature, relatively. But this next one is my favorite of these three. It's also the shortest, but I think it's a good time. I love this disclaimer, too. It says, if I owned Avatar, why the hell, capitalized, would I be writing fan fiction, quote-unquote, as opposed to just making new episodes? Think, dumbass! <laughs> yeah, this this person is, is over it. This person's just over it. So here we go. This is the pick. It had been a long, hard battle, but finally Aang had defeated Ozai. The self-proclaimed Phoenix King was bound by Aang's earthen wrist holds, and would soon, at long last, die. Or at least that's what Aang had thought. In the end, he hadn't been strong enough. No, he'd been too strong. He was too strong 
to stoop to the fireworks level, and he'd simply turned away. As Aang turned from Ozai, he heard the enraged man grumble. Even with all the power in the world, you're still weak. Aang had felt Ozai stomp into the ground to blast fire at him through the earth, but he'd still been caught off guard. He'd moved as quickly as he could counter and successfully bound the Fire Lord again, making him wonder why he'd bothered letting him go in the first place. Focusing as hard as he could, he prepared to use his new power to remove Ozai's bending. And then a black sword fell from the sky and impaled itself in Ozai's face. Hey, Yang, have you seen my sword? I dropped it on the blimp, Sokka shouted as he hobbled his way over to the avatar. Sokka, you just killed the Fire Lord. I did? Sweet! After that, a statue of Sokka was erected in Bossing Say. Sokka was pronounced chief of the water tribe, both of them, and he got a handjob from Yue's younger sister, who was not as hot as Yue, but still pretty hot. And then the Earth King proclaimed him to be the real Avatar, despite his inability to bend. For some reason, Roku confirmed this, and Aang didn't really have much of a problem with it. Aang was then commanded by Fire Lord Momo to remove Azula's bending so that she could be given to Sokka as a concubine. Along with all the Kiyoshi warriors, every day Sokka had sex with the most beautiful women in the world and ate lots and lots of meat. Oh yeah, and he got to keep his fucking awesome space sword. So yes. I agree, that is in fact how Avatar should have ended. You know, I mean, even though Ozai not dying has done wonders for my career as a shitposter, personally. Like, a considerable amount of my shitposting is based around him shooting fire out of his dick, but, like, he should have died. If the bar is low, probably wouldn't exist without him, though. I guess something good came of that, if you can consider this good. Um... I don't know if I consider it good, because I've been digging up some fucked up shit, but we're going to talk about not fucked up shit right now. There is some more fucked up shit in our future, but first we have some not fucked up shit. So this next one's from 2009, but it's still fucking art. It is another kind of alternate ending where I guess Ozzy goes to work at the tea shop instead of like going to jail. And naturally he hates this. He's just like wearing his nice pink apron and then serving the patrons and like he's like has to smile and he's like I'm in pain constantly. I want to burn down this shop. That would be great. But here comes the foaming mouth guy. Wow, it's him. Oh my god, it's that guy. He loves to steal propaganda posters and is stalking Ozai in hopes of meeting him. So the phone guy just fucking passes out and they try to interrogate him to no use. Iroh uh, puts him with Ozai in hopes that motherfucking could scare him off because he you know, keeps coming to the shop and foaming every day, but the phone man only finds himself more and more intrigued. So, you know, he's still a, a pyromaniac, of course. He wants to burn down the shop, but he begins by having his foamy friend sabotage the swindling cabbage man. The phone guy goes to jail, but Ozai visits him. I'm gonna read this little quote. Prisons made him nervous. He hated being watched by guards during his time in them. Bossing State was a prison to him. He always felt like he was being watched there. Ozai quickly signed the visitor book. Will this be normal visit or conjugal? Asked the guard, too lazy to look up to see it was a man who signed in. Conjugal visit? Ozai thought to himself. He snickered. His foaming mouth friend would love one. He also knew he was no longer the Fire Lord, and he actually had to abide by others' needs. It helped his cause that he was interested in pursuing some sort of relationship with the man. Conjugal visit, smirked Ozai. Because, <laughs> you know, smirking is the same as saying something, but, you know, that's just what he does. It was the only way to ensure privacy. So you thought this wasn't going to be a, a slash pairing? Shame on you, because it is, but, like, they don't have sex because the foam guy just passes out as soon as Ozai starts taking off his clothes. 
so yeah um i think the foamy guy should see a doctor seriously like that's a pretty bad condition to have where you just you know pass out every time you get excited he should get help i'm worried about him <laughs> and then it just uh it ends with the fucking prison guard visiting Jose in the shop and wanting to smash so that was that this next one we're gonna get into some more m-rated stuff here uh, this next one isn't super explicit but it's still sexual in nature uh it has quite an interesting title and it's called iris stimulating erotic cumtastic massage this one isn't an alternate ending one neither is the next one but for the finale we'll get back to the main theme and i'm just gonna read this in its entirety even though it is quite a bit longer than everything else we've covered up to this point the siege of the north was vicious. Friends and enemies died brutal, watery, fiery deaths in the name of nationalism. Zuko and Uncle Iroh regarded the devastation. They took a look at the injured men limping back onto boats, desperate to leave this traumatic experience behind and see their loved ones, despised by the Water Tribe as Fire Nation soldiers, and despised by the Fire Nation as failures and traitors. Zuko and Iroh had nowhere to go. They found a raft and hopped on it with no other option. I'm surprised, Prince Zuko mentioned Iroh, surprised that you are not at this moment trying to capture the Avatar. I'm tired, said Zuko with resignation. Then you should rest, said Iroh. A man needs his rest. That was three weeks ago. Ah, moaned Uncle Iroh, lying down on the bed as a foxy, muscular Fire Nation expat, whatever that means, massaged his tired back. Who knew? Three weeks at sea with no food, no water, and no sex can make a man so tense. Zuko glanced up from the knot of grass he'd been tying in his lap. He hadn't really noticed it before, but his shoulders were so tight they ached. Now, the only tight thing around here is asshole. Anyways, let's get back to the story. Yeah, he said, looking back into his lap. He was confused. He didn't want to see his uncle getting cozy with the masseuse, but at the same time, the thought of watching his old uncle fuck the tall, willowy woman made him hot with unexpected horniness. Are you sure you don't want a massage, Prince Zuko? grunted Uncle Iroh as the lady reached around his fat belly to massage his thighs. I think it would really help you to loosen up. I'm fine, said Zuko, his voice constricted with anticipation. He hadn't seen a naked woman since Azula had accidentally let her towel fall after a bath when they were younger. What did that woman look like under her long robe? What did his uncle look like? But Zuko had so much angst, he wasn't ready to let his feelings show. No, uncle, fuck your perverted-ass fantasy. Your hooker's an ugly mofo anyway. I'd rather fuck a bear. That was really out of nowhere, that, that character change. Uh, well, anyway. A bear? Asked Iroh with a blank stare. You mean a platypus bear? A bear! Surely, asked Mahat Masseuse with a slightly bruised ego. You mean a badger bear? No, dumbass, a regular fucking bear! Iroh and the masseuse eyed each other with a look of confusion. You're weird, remarked the masseuse condescendingly and began to squirt some lotion onto Iroh's back. Look, if you're not gonna pay for a massage, I'm gonna have to ask you to leave, said the masseuse, her hands stroking closer and closer to Iroh's loincloth as... She rubbed in the slippery lotion. His back glistened like a wet rock in the river to which algae was clinging. He was very hairy. 
Zuko hesitated. His cock was hot and throbbing like his hands did when fire was about to sprout from them. Now, the woman said, I think it would be best if you left. Let an old man take a nap with a lovely lady, said Uncle Iroh. Fine, I'll go find that fucking bear, and when I'm done with her, you'll both be jealous of her. I mean, he stuttered as he realized what he'd said. Masseuse and his uncle watched him with amusement as he backed away. He crashed down the mountain, barely watching where he was going. He passed a, la a line of girls gathering water, but paid them no attention. He might have had business with them earlier, but now he needed to prove himself. He was going to fuck a fucking bear. Zuku crawled through the woods and became ragged as Appa after weeks and change. Speaking of Appa, he actually looked at the sky and saw a huge-ass bison flying over him. His fingers clenched into fists. The Avatar. Suku began to clamber up the hill again, but he had a horrible vision. He would go up the hill and Ira would be getting fisted. <laughs> and laugh as he sees him come up after such a short time. Still a virgin, I see, my young nephew. You'll never earn a nickname like mine, the Dragon of the West. Suku couldn't do it. He had already lost his honor once. He couldn't do it again. He decided to take a different path up the mountain. As he passed the area where his uncle and masseuse were, he heard a faint shouting, Iro, Iro, Iro. Then he heard in a somewhat louder voice, bellowing in harmony, the girls in passing say. Zuko continued on his way, period, period. He walked for what seemed like hours. He couldn't see up in the sky anymore, but soon he became distracted by something else. There was a rustling in the bushes nearby. A bear? He fell silent, crouched against the ground. In an effort to remain undetected, his sexy golden eyes glinted as he scanned the underbrush for a big hairy beast. But what came out was no beast. At least not in the sense of a bear. It was a girl. Her long brown hair was tied back in a braid, except for two strands which framed her delicate face. Zuko hadn't noticed it before, but there was a stream running down the mountainside ten feet away. The girl must be about to bathe. She stretched her arms above her head, pulling at her blue robe. The hem slowly came up over her knees, then her thighs. Zuko crouched lower. You fucking creep, you voyeurist. You're just, what is this voyeurism? You, what, bruh. He didn't know what to do. Why was it that whenever he saw naked women, they were always bathing? Something felt wrong about watching her from a hiding place. Yeah, it is. But if he moved, he didn't know what would happen. Didn't naked women have special bending powers? They certainly did something fine to his Dick! A shameful part of him wished Uncle Iroh was here to tell him what to do. The girl's robe was now completely off. Zuko's jaw dropped. He didn't think stomachs could look like that, all soft and sculpted and curved. He didn't know girls looked like that at all, actually. She was almost as hairy as Uncle Iroh. But she was beautiful. An involuntary groan escaped Zuko's lips. The girl dropped into a defensive stance, arms outstretched in front of her, and breasts bouncing along with her sudden movement. Who's there? She said her voice like a harsh whip. Kinky. I know someone's there. Zuko couldn't hold his crouch any longer. His shaking muscles gave out and he crashed to the ground with an undignified thud. Before he could move, a rope of frigid water wrapped around his neck and a shrill primal scream pierced his ears. He felt himself being pulled through the underbrush towards the girl. Zuko, she whispered. Katara, is everything all right? Came the avatar's distant shout. Katara opened her mouth and thought for a second, then raised her eyebrows and called back. Everything's fine. I just saw a snake. That's all. 
but I'll take care of it with a little waterbending. She stared intently at Zuko. Nobody can know about this. Katara's water wit became a water leash. Growing up in a desolate wasteland with all the men gone off to war, she had some problems. Her sexual frustration could only be vented with intense bondage. Her leash got tighter. At any point, she imagined Zuko's tense muscles would collapse and he would go unconscious. But Zuko's wiener only got harder. He grunted as he acquired a humongous erection. No period at the end of the sentence. Damn it, Zuko. Sokka was right, she remarked under her breath. Awestruck, you really do never give up. His penis became as hard and pointed as Aang's arrow. Gnurger! He continued to grunt until a humongous fire nation just erupted out of his frustrated virgin 16-year-old cock and flew 20 yards all the way to the back of Aang's head. The sensation felt familiar. Aang slowly let out a voice as a tear left his eye. Monk Giazzo? I hate what this implies. Oh my god, it's so awful. Anyways. <sighs> he turned around, and more tears came out. Zuko, Katara, what the hell is this shit? Zuko was wondering where Sokka was, and the rest of the gang was here. Surely he wouldn't be alone, and surely this wouldn't have anything to do with the full moon up in the sky! Please me, yelled Katara. It no longer mattered whether Banged had heard her. Fourteen years of looking after men finally culminated in an intense, throbbing need to be cared for herself. In her uncontrolled state, her waterbending was no longer confined to her hands. A jet of foamy... <laughs> A jet of white foamy water shot out from between her legs and wrapped around Zuko's hand, then pulled it to her soul and clipped... <laughs> Rip in peace. <laughs> Quite randomly, a bear walked out from the woods and saw this rather unfortunate, intense scene. Zuko saw the bear from the corner of his eye. Please let me go, he whimpered. I have to go to that bear to restore my honor. But all Katara heard was, has honor. Fuck your honor. You want Aang so bad? Aang, Zuko wants you. Please, Katara, this goes against everything the monks taught me. I just want to learn earthbending and defeat the Fire Lord. I'm your waterbending Sifu, and you will obey what I say. I can only summon so many water whips at once, and besides, by the look of this black hole, he'll need a battering ram at least. All right, all right, what the fuck? I mean, come on, somebody's gotta say it, came Sokka's voice from the campsite. Can a guy just enjoy a date with his lovely, oversized, rocky, luminescent girlfriend? I mean, come on! Just because you've got orgasm juice all over yourself doesn't mean that we all have, said Toph, who had snuck up on him to experience his horny vibrations. I'm going to the stream to watch. Meanwhile, Aang had finally agreed to help Katara under the fear of experiencing her wet wrath. <laughs> what is this? What is my life? Her wet wrath. <laughs> As well, Monk Giotso in the meantime rolled in his grave. Finally, Iroh had emerged from his sauna, revitalized with empty testicles. <laughs> I'm so glad for sex. Bless sexuality and God bless you, said Iroh. I would go to hell for you. You probably will, muttered slash coughed God under his breath. Iroh began to go searching out in the woods for his nephew. Zuko, Zuko, I was just kidding earlier. I really do care about you. Zuko, let's go find the Avatar to regain your honor. He went trudging through the woods. He must have searched for an hour now. Now he was desperate. He ran through the woods, burning everything in his path. He saw a figure moving. Zuko? The figure turned around, and goddamn, it was Azula. <laughs>
<laughs> the plot twist, though. Well, hello, Uncle. I came here looking for you. You know, Fire Lord owes I regrets Zuko's banishment and wants him home. There's talk of a rebellion. Family is the only one you can trust. I will laugh a deep belly laugh. You still trust your big cousin, Jim? Azula got pissy and teary-eyed and shot lightning at him. Don't you ever dare bring up Jim again! Too bad Iris spent all those years studying water tribe savages and he learned how to redirect lightning like Katara Ben's leash noose water whips. But he couldn't bear to direct it back at his own niece. In a way, Azula was right. Family does matter. He redirected it in a random direction and heard a sharp piercing screech. He turned around to where the lightning went and holy fuck, it was the boomerang gang. Except... Katara was damn well roasted. It turned out the lightning struck the water leash and traveled straight up <laughs> Katara's endometrium. Somehow, Zuko had managed to get out unharmed. Now you'll pay, he said, and put two of his fingers together and pointed them at Katara's already roasted body. But it just exploded and knocked him five feet back. Why can't I bend lightning, he groaned. Instead of lightning, it just blows up in my face. Just like everything always does. Patient, Zuko. Iris said with a hearty countryside chuckle. Countryside chuckle, what does that mean? Except for now. Right now, he said as he shot a ray of lightning at Azula's feet. Motherfucker's gonna drop. One, one, one. And drop that thing she did. Azula could twerk like no other. All that time in girls' school, learning about the wiles of women. And out she came with the moves of a dog dragging its ass across a carpet. Everyone was confused for a moment, as the new situation seemed completely out of context. As it turned out, the rhythmic movement was perfect for building up potential energy, which could be converted to an even stronger electric shock. Nyarg! She yelled as her ass cheeks clapped together, and she popped her booty. She raised her hands up and pointed her fingers like a fake gun, then twirled and brought her arms down at the same time. An arc of lightning spewed from her hands and hit almost everyone. Only Aang came out unharmed. Aang looked around and saw all the destruction. No, you crazy bitch! Shouted Aang as his head tattoos began to glow. He summoned that special chi water from the North Pole Spirit Oasis and using his avatar energy swished it around everyone's erogenous areas like Katara's clitoris, Sokka's frenulum, Iris rectum, and Zuko's special spot right above his belly button. They all shouted as the special spirit water stimulated their sex parts and brought them back to life. Aang exited the avatar state and began to weep. Katara lovingly put a hand on his shoulder. Tara, I hope you never have to see me like that again. I was so scary. It wasn't myself. They were all about to fight, but Azula began to leave the scene. I don't have time for you peasants, but as a reward for keeping me at bay so long, I really am impressed. People usually die as soon as I break out the lightning. I'll give you this deal, though. This is some quality erotica, shouted Sokka as he fondled the penis and balls. The Fire Lord won't know what hit him when we steal his wife with this. Well, that was that. That was Iroh's stimulating erotic cumtastic massage. Pure crack, as you can see, but fun. Well, what am I saying but fun? And fun. It's fun. That's the point of crack. You have fun. God. Now I'm going to get some more fucked up shit. I'm not going to read the whole things. I'm going to read quotes. Still lots of quotes. And here we go. This one is called The Life Cycle of a Cabbage, a love story. My god, is there a lot going on. 
So this was posted by our pal Abaraxis Clippeth. He interjects with his reactions, but the actual fic is not his. I just thought to include this here because even though it's really disturbing, it's totally ridiculous. There's a line in one of these reaction parts that just about sums up my feelings about reading fanfic in general. I could not believe my eyes, yet like a bitch to self-loathing, I devoured each and every word that followed. Fucking relatable. So there are a lot of weird lines in the stick mentioned totally offhand, and we'll get there. He reacts to them and does a lot of my job for me. So, if you're wondering, the life cycle of a cabbage involves a shit fetish. So our humble protagonist, the cabbage man, grows up on the farm, where his father was busy teaching his daughters about the male ejaculation orgasm. Okay, uh, yeah, that was one of the weird offhand things I was talking about. He went out to the field and fell on a pile of cow shit. So, you know, the cows are eating cabbages, and they shit them out, so, yeah, that's that's sexy, right? So he posts his dick into the shit, you know, when his sisters weren't busy molesting his penis. Uh, okay, uh, damn, this poor kid. Um, so, yeah, okay, that's unsanitary. So the motherfucker eats some cabbages and shits them out while looking for the little flecks in his shit so he can assemble them into a full cabbage. Hey, what the fuck? And this is also followed by him shoving his head into a cow's ass and saying, I can see forever. What does that even mean? <laughs> uh, Abraxas has a reaction here. Cabbage man who sleeps with an erection, fantasizing about people eating and shitting his produce. So this is where we introduce the show's main characters, and he wants to fuck Katara, involving a shit fetish. She made his cock twitch just like Mommy used to. And also, he looked at his cock, spelled C-O-K, and said, I found you a new Mommy. So then he masturbates with a cabbage. With how? How? <laughs> what? <laughs> he masturbates with a cabbage. Using the cabbage as a sex toy. Walling about her. Because he comes on the cabbage, the salad between his legs grows. And yeah, the life cycle of the cabbage is as follows. He wants her to stomp on the cabbage with her naked feet for, you know, that exotic water tribe spice. Eat the cabbage himself, digest it while she rubs her pussy on his stomach, and then he wants to shit all over her face. And here, uh, sex is spelled S-E-C-K-S. Abraxas says bonus points for this. Uh, and so the reason the cabbage guy is always wherever the main characters are is because he just gets off to this so much. He yells at my cabbages whenever he comes his pants. <laughs> it was that fucking intense. <laughs> oh, I love rooting everything for people. Anyway. And now his wish becomes fulfilled. So he just takes off his pants and Sulko straight out vomits and passes out of the sight of his dick. He dips uh, the, one of the cabbages in the vomit. Because, you know, why not? Uh, and then Katara gets face-fucking raped, to quote, with a cucumber, and then things only get worse from there. This is where vegetable fetishes and shit fetishes meet. So he shits all over her and pushes it inside her pussy with a carrot, because, uh, you know... What? <laughs> okay, that's extremely fucked up, not to mention unsanitary. So unsanitary, Jesus. So then suddenly Azula shows up after his arrest, and she just straight up sets his dick on fire. Good on you. And then to quote, it was now a, a filthy, shriveled, snaky noodle thing with freaky scales. N nobody wanted to go near it. And whenever he peed, the shut leaked out a thousand holes. He had to shove a carrot up his ass to masturbate. Okay, then. Christ. Oh my god. So it gets kind of meta, and then it trails off into a merciful ending, and that was fucked up. Jesus. Uh, the reactions kind of made it bearable, though. I'll see.
Now our last fic of the day holds a special place in my heart. Quite honestly, we're going to get back to the theme of alternate endings for this finale. So you might know kind of what's going on. You might suspect something. And as we continue in this intro to it, you will know what it's about. And you'll probably think it's horrific, but it's actually much better than you think. So I want to start this off with a quote from a Nobel Prize nominee. I can't pronounce his name, but he's a Buddhist monk who wrote a lot of books about love and, you know, like, peace and shit. So, okay, obviously this is going to involve Aang, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But then I'm going to read another quote from this fic. So here's the Nobel Peace Prize nominee's quote. Through my love for you, I want to express my love for the whole cosmos, the whole of humanity and all beings by living with you. I want to learn to love everyone and all species. If I succeed in loving you, I will be able to love everyone and all species on Earth. This is the real message of love. Now, Aang says in this fic, I love you, just as every human being should love another. And this is the most intimate way to show that love, by celebrating life. Sexual intercourse is the beginning of life itself. Even if a new life isn't created in the process, the ultimate human connection is still there. Two bodies come together to connect two souls, energies flowing in one stream. So you can kind of see there are some similarities there. First, I'm going to read the tags on Archive of Our Own, and then I'm going to tell you what the premise of this is, which you might have already kind of been guessing at. But these are the tags. The archive warning here is underage. The sexual tags. Light bondage. Penises. Penis size. Erections. Kissing. Underage kissing. French kissing. Boys kissing. Seduction. Gay. Bicurious. Outdoor sex. Eyes. Okay then. Blowjobs. Oral sex, large cock, 69, sex position, sweat, sexual content, anal sex, explicit sexual content, sex, rough sex, underage sex, love, love, hate, declarations of love, lust at first sight, gay sex, orgasm, ejaculate, cuddling and snuggling. This fic is called The Avatar and the Fire Lord, Energy Bending. Yes, it's about those two characters fucking each other. So if you think this fic is going to be about Ozai raping a 12-year-old, you're dead wrong. Because Aang tops the whole time and has complete control of the situation. Which, I don't know, I find that fucking hilarious. And the weirdest thing is that he's like kind of in character, or at least his dialogue is. Like, the quote that I just read that kind of seems like that sort of thing. This is his alternative to killing him, you know, showing him the power of love via figure sex so it will stop being evil. And also to unlock his chakras. So, uh, the language in this, uh, it's... It's pretty good. The beginning is kind of clunky, but once we get to the porn, the humor kicks in and the writing improves. It's mostly written well and humorously. I don't think... I, it's just... Man, uh, there's so many quotes from this. I would read this in its entirety, but it's like 6,000 words long. There are four chapters of this, and it's entirely porn. It's kind of awful, but it's fucking hilarious. So, all right. Yeah, what happens in this? So, you know, there's bondage in this. We get to the point where Aang has Oze in the earth bending trap, where he would take away his bending. But in this case, he gives a little introductory spiel about love or something, and then just starts making out with him. Because <laughs> fuck you. Here's a quote. 
Putting his tongue into the mouth of his merciless enemy was perhaps the bravest thing Aang had ever done. <laughs> My god. So Ole is like really tired, so he just doesn't object. He's just like, I guess this is happening now. Then Aang rips his pants off and sets them on fire. To be fair, he ripped his own clothes off and set them on fire before starting the final battle, but like <laughs> someone else doing that, that's that's different. That's a bit different. I'm gonna read this quote. The first time I tried to record this, I absolutely lost my shit here. Hopefully I won't have like a full minute of me just wheezing in laughter. I'm gonna try to get through this whole quote without losing my shit. Well, no promises. Aang left. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't. Aang left off of Ozoi and planted himself firmly on the ground in front of him with his hands on his hips. He looked up and down Ozoi's perfect body and noticed one problem. The pants covering up his manhood. <laughs> Aang squatted into a sturdy earthbending-like stance and forcefully ripped the red garment off completely with a loud, tearing sound, and he set them ablaze as he cast them aside. Aang li <laughs> literally gasped when he saw what the pants hid from him. <laughs> Ozai's manhood showed no signs of arousal. <laughs> and yet... And yet, it was enormous. Aang smiled with delight as he watched it sway between the Fire Lord's muscular legs. Oh my god! Oh my god! This is this is this is really something. I just I don't even know what to say right now. But oh my god, that dream he had about Ozai's dick—that wasn't a dream. It was a premonition. He knew that taking his pants off was the way to defeat him. So, there's that. It also says that Aang fucked Zuko. What's that trend in the shit I review with fucking Zuko and then fucking his dad? Because, like, in my entire What Were You Thinking series, that's basically what happens, but it's with Katara. So, I guess if you fuck Zuko, then you, like, unlock the opportunity to fuck Ozai. So, it's like, if you get a sword in a video game, you get to upgrade it after you've, like, fucked Zuko enough times. It's like, oh, achievement unlocked. You've made Zuko come. You can now get a bigger sword in your video game. You can upgrade your sword. And I use sword as an example because Aang says, you're, <laughs> you're twice as big as your son. <laughs> yes, and then Aang deep throats an eight inch dick. I guess he doesn't have a gag reflex. And like, Ozai is really impressed by this. He's just like, wow, no one's been able to take my whole dick at once like this before. But he doesn't say anything. He barely has any dialogue in this whole fic, but he's impressed. Here's some quotes. As his manhood, why do they keep saying manhood? Just say cock, oh my god. As his manhood finally started to spring to life, he let out one last roar of defiance until it reached its full size. It stuck out majestically from between his sweat-covered legs, and it twitched and throbbed like the rest of his ripped body. Here's another one. The Fire Lord remained in Aang's earthbending trap 
But the real trap was Aang's gaze. His beautiful eyes stared deeply into the Fire Lords without wavering until they were mere inches away from his undeniable lust. The sweet boy patted his eyelashes and their gentle fluttering could be almost felt against the very tip of Ozai's burning arousal. Ozai's erection throbbed constantly as it was as if it was about to erupt. And the oozing pre- <laughs> I can't do this. This is too crazy. The oozing, the oozing pre-cum foreshadowed what was in store for the Avatar if he played his cards right. Aang wanted to make sure that it was deep inside him when it finally erupted. But first, he wanted a taste. He breathed in heavily to take it all in as he continued to devour <laughs> a size cock. As Ozai's reluctant moans started to become more obvious, Aang released the steaming rod of flesh from his mouth. <laughs> then they do a vertical 69. Cause fuck you. <laughs> so Aang does a handstand and like he's like, hey, my balls are in your face now. You wanna suck my dick? And like he sucks his dick a little bit. He's not very enthusiastic about it. But he's like, I mean, I prefer it when you blew me, but I mean, I guess I'll try. And then it says, Aang gives his dick a kiss to encourage him to explore. After that, it's over. We get to the anal sex. <laughs> yes, Aang is topping again. This might be where we get the funniest part, though, because it says, The Fire Lord's plans for domination shifted to a much more intimate target. Too bad, because you're bottoming today. <laughs> oh my god, it says here. Uh, Aang's expectations were completely blown away by Ozai's massive cock. Oh my god. So before fucking him, Aang prompts him repeatedly to admit that he needs a dick. So he's just like, give in. Admit that you need my touch. And he's like, I want pleasure. And he's like, that's not enough. Come on. And he's just like put in his the tip of his dick in his ass like come on you can do this i'm gonna fuck you he's like i need a man i guess and then they have sex because fuck you so here's a quote their sweaty thighs slap together to accentuate their fiery lovemaking Amazing. <laughs> personally i think fiery fornication would have sounded better because of the alliteration but Fire love making I'll take any fucking day. Another quote. His sack began to slap against Ozai's. The true sources of their masculinity bounced between their legs almost playfully, contrasting with the more obvious masculinity of their beautiful rock-hard bodies. And then, uh, Aang comes in his ass, cause, you know, that's how it be. The end of the really gross mental image of his cum-filled insides. Thanks, I hate it. It ends with a sense of peace settling over Ozai, who still didn't come. That kind of sucks for him, I guess. But it's still kind of open-ended because, you know, Aang didn't kill him or take away his bending or otherwise incapacitate him. So we don't know what's going to happen next or if Ozai's going to stay chill or not. Like, it seems like this could be a longer story that extends beyond the scenes of the final battle. Honestly, I would be interested in what you could do with this pairing if, you know, Aang wasn't fucking 12-year-old. But uh, this is a kind of a quick read. I'd recommend it to you. 
it makes me want to die, but I'm just laughing the whole way to the grave. It's a good fucking time. The dynamic between them is fucking hilarious. So, today we covered Ang Insane by Dex477. We covered Emperor of Fire, Wang Fire, by Just This Guy You Know. It's all one word. We covered How Avatar Should Have Ended by Super Lard Bucket. All one word again. Uh, we covered The New Tea Shop Employee by Crystal Drake. We covered Iroh's Stimulating Erotic Cumtastic Massage by A Real Bear. We covered The Life Cycle of a Cabbage by uh, Unknown. I don't know who wrote this, but you can find it on Abraxas Clippeth's page on fanfic.net. Then we covered The Fire... <laughs> The Avatar and the Fire Lord Energy Bending by Katang Fanficker. It's spelled with a C and no K if you're wondering. I'm your pal Wenchikazlodicus, and this is The Bar Is Low. We are now on Instagram. Our, our profile is uh, The Bar Is Low with an underscore in between each word. Thanks for joining me, and that is all for today.